Okay, hello, welcome to the Cosmic Eye Show. It's Emmett Fox Friday, and we are here again with another great show. Uh, I am your host, Jason Napolitano, and I have on the line Mr. Chris Sheridan. What's going on, Chris? Uh, it's a windy night. Uh, it's a Friday. It's dark. <laughs> Thank you. For that. I'm working on a new novel. That's how it. That's, oh, that's heavy. Yeah, not so sure about that beginning, but it's, I'm working on my but, opener. Yeah, it's not. It's not call me Ishmael, but it's something. You're still. You got. Ishmael. <laughs> Yeah, don't call me Ishmael anyway. Um, all right, well, I got a chance to see Chris. I was thankful for that. Chris was actually out here. Uh, they were both out visiting, uh, Chris and his partner, Lisa. And uh, it was a wonderful pleasure to see you, my friend. Thank you uh, for, yeah. for, for spending Great to time. Get out and, uh, you know, brave the COVID to uh, get out in the world, although we spent most of it in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Uh, talk about distancing, but it's great to get out of the city, out of town, and even more so to see good friends. So pleasure is mine as well. Well, thank you. Thank you, sir. Um, so speaking of that, fleeing to the desert, which you did, we're, 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 our topic today is flee to the mountains. Uh, so we're looking at find and use your inner power as we do each week. And we're looking at these little bits of wisdom provided to us by the great new thought leader and teacher, Emmett Fox. And this one, as I said, is called Flee to the Mountain. So I'm going to start. Chris is going to follow up and we'll do our usual thing and then talk about it. So let us jump right into Flee to the Mountains. This is Matthew 24, uh, verse 15 through 18. So I'll start out. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house, neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. The moment you catch yourself thinking of a negative thought, you should reject it instantly. Immediately switch your attention to the presence of God. Do not stop to say goodbye to the error thought, but break the connection instantly and occupy your mind with good and you'll be surprised how many difficulties will begin to melt away out of your life. Indeed, we may say that when error presents itself to consciousness, the first five seconds are golden. In the text quoted above, Jesus teaches this lesson in his own graphic way. The immediate applications of these words was, of course, to the coming siege of Jerusalem. But the idea involved is eternal. The holy place is your consciousness. And the abomination of desolation is any negative thought, because a negative thought means belief in the absence of God at the point concerned. Those who are in Judea are those who believe that prayer does change things. And to flee to the mountains means to pray, especially that quick switching of the thought to the presence of God, which I have mentioned. The dramatic detail with which this lesson is illustrated makes it impossible that we should ever forget it when once we have the spiritual key. All right, so this one is an interesting one. Uh, I have to say, before the show, we discussed it, uh, and both of us for a bit were at a loss as to how this passage actually connects to this idea of, of the... Um, the consciousness and negative thoughts and so on. 
Uh, so we're going to break that down a little bit. So basically, the idea is that Matthew is keying into the idea of what Daniel the prophet was speaking about in the book of Daniel. It's a prophetic book. Um, and it actually had a sort of that this language in their abomination of desolation, because essentially at the time of Daniel, uh, there that Jerusalem was taken over and the temple was taken over. I believe it was destroyed at that time by the Babylonians, or it was right before that had happened. Uh, so he's referring to this idea, this abomination of desolation idea is basically an offering made in the temple, an offering made in the holy place that isn't that isn't kosher, basically. It's not, it's not a good offering. It's not a clean offering. So it's some sort of uh, pagan offering or some kind of unclean offering that's being made in the temple by people that are not supposed to be in there, basically. They've taken the temple over. So the idea then is this abomination of desolation then is sort of like the idea of a negative thought. If you equate your mind uh, and your consciousness to the, the holy temple, then that abomination of desolation is that negative thought. Uh, so you're, you know, you're making an offering in this holy place, which is within yourself that doesn't belong there. Does that, does that kind of, does that make sense? I mean, we talked about that. Is that how you understood it too? Well, yeah. Um, but the holy temple, I mean, just think of your anatomy. Uh, where's the temple? You know, it's kind of right on either side of your head, your temples and the, this holy place is really you and your soul and your larger self. Mm. The consciousness is the tools you use to run to the hills you know, and to direct, redirect your thought uh, from this negative offering, this, this desolate abomination. Um, so consciousness is also the active part of you. Mm -hmm. It switches uh, to a better thought when an unclean or a you know, negative thought crops up yeah good point well i think you know that that uh emmett fox and actually jesus speaking was using this language to make it very rich and memorable for people to think about this you know he may have been referring to events that were going to occur in you know in jerusalem i mean the romans did actually destroy the temple after jesus died in uh, around 70 a.d uh but it also refers, you know, spiritually and metaphysically to this idea of, of, of making these, these, these abomination type offerings uh, within ourselves, within that holy of holies. Oftentimes, you know, in the ancient wisdom, this idea of the holy of holies or the inner sanctum or all these sorts of mystical terms that are used, they mean us in our deepest self. You know, they mean our, 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 our deeper, higher self that we, we're in contact with. And, you know, that's the part of ourselves that, that reacts to and uh, creates the, the life that we live. Um, it's connected to, you know, to do the unconscious part of ourselves and the eternal part of ourselves. And that's what we're speaking to, you know, when we're having these conscious thoughts, these conscious thoughts. So, you know, his point is then, that you don't want to make these offerings to this holy place in yourself. You don't want to make this abomination of desolation there. And I love the way he says the first five seconds are golden. I think that's such a crucial thing to get out of this because the longer you have that thought, 
the more apt it is to sink down into the unconscious and make an impression. You know, it's like a, a spill or something. You know, you want to get it up as quick as you can. You spill some wine on something and you want to try to get it up as quick as you can uh, before it seeps into that, to that fabric and makes a stain. And those thoughts are the same way, really. And that's why he's, he's using this, 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 you know, this heavy and, and um, you know, mythical language, this abomination of desolation idea that, that, that our thoughts are that powerful. You know, and if they sit in there and then we ruminate on them, we're going to give them power and they're going to sink down and we're going to create that reality in our day-to-day -day life, right? Well, yeah, and then we become run by our thoughts instead of being able to think beyond and above, you know, these negative thoughts. You know, they own us instead of us owning our thoughts. Yeah. And there is a real power, but I guess that five seconds of what he's getting at, yes, is uh, that's when you have this intervention. That's a great thing about, uh, about a spill. It's a very graphic. Uh, and we know the longer you wait, you count, count five more seconds, and then it will spread out across the counter. It'll go off the edge. It'll go further on the floor. Or if uh, you have mud on your shoes and, you know, first couple steps, if you catch it, oh, then you stop and take your shoes off or whatever. If you walk around the house for 10 minutes, you know, you can have a lot more cleaning to do. Good point. Yeah. And, and well, with really the, you know, this shifting your attention to the presence of God, uh, this higher thought, this, you know, higher part of the temple, you know, fleeing to the mountain, this higher, um, you know, we say take the high road sometimes, and we know that's about consciousness, and, um, and you're in a more positive, more constructive attitude that's above this lower thing, and even this running to the mountains if the flood comes, I mean, that's just physically what you want to do mm -hmm. to get, uh, you know, higher than the water line, um, but otherwise it will sweep you away. Um, and it can really get stuck in there. So it's a reminder that we also have this power to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fast. <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. That's a good point. And, you know, I think, so the way that he's speaking about doing that is putting your consciousness back on God, back on the infinite, back on infinite possibility, positivity, love, beauty, et cetera. You know, those, all those qualities of God. And then also... You know, another way, of course, we know through, through new thought is through affirmation. So, for example, you know, you're having some sort of negative thought or negative image that's coming in, you know, counteracting it with your own affirmations and making sure you, you, you do that with, with strength and conviction and faith so that it can, you know, it can sort of dismantle that negative thought. You know, so if, you know, let's say you're having thoughts about, oh, I'm, I'm getting sick or, oh, you know, I feel weak right now. Oh, I can't do this. Something along those lines, you know, I am strong. I am healthy. I am capable. I am focused, you know, things like that. It, it's simple things like that that can really, you know, and you, you can even be repetitive about it. Say it five, six, eight times to yourself, whatever, uh, and really feel it, you know, let it sink down and make sure you're really counteracting that negative thought and then doing it quickly. Within that five seconds, I love that idea, that five second rule. I think that's amazing. Um, I like the idea also, uh, you mentioned about, you talked about going up to the mountains and, you know, it's, that's, if you look and see in the Bible, all, th all throughout the Bible, anytime anything of, of spiritual, uh, 
importance is happening. It generally happens up on a mountaintop. I mean, Moses goes up and gets the Ten Commandments on a mountain. Jesus goes up and is, you know, goes through the temptation and so on. And you know, has this um, this profound spiritual experience there, and you know, there's there's you know different different figures, of course, through the Bible uh, that were either out in the desert or up in the mountains that um, you know have these spiritual experiences, and so it's it's really this this picture of going up into this higher place within yourself, you know. So you've got to place your mind in a in a different state of mind, and that's what what Emmett Fox means, I believe, by going up to the mountain. He's talking about okay reframe this put yourself in, in a higher place don't be stuck down down sort of here in the work work a day world in the material existence and you know looking at the effects of things put yourself up on the mountain where the causes are you know that's that higher spiritual truth that he's getting at you know so and this could you know this can apply of course equally to to recovery uh, you know if you're struggling with addiction of, of any type, you know, those thoughts or those motivations or those cravings that are coming to you, you know, battle them back with those God thoughts, battle them back with your affirmations, you know, talk to your sponsors, you know, pray with others and do the work that you need to do, do your 12 step work or whatever you're doing, you know, to, to heal. But, but work on this inner work too. go to that inner holy of holies and inside yourself and pray and speak words of faith. Uh, ask God, you know, as you see God, uh, to to help you through, you know, and that's the, that's the same sort of thing. So those those feelings of cravings or those or those old habits that might be coming back, pushing you in a direction or whatever, it's the same thing. Root it out. You know, look at that five second rule and jump right in with something positive, right? Right, and this you know mountaintop metaphor or symbol or allegory is really throughout so many different traditions throughout history. The, monasteries uh, in Tibet and other places, you know, built high up. And it was a very, even just look at it scientifically, like <laughs> geologically, um, the mountain is higher than the valley. And it, so there's more sunlight uh, during the day uh, in the mountaintop um, because it's not falling <laughs> in the shadows like, uh, like the valley does. And you also can see further I mean, physically, just actually and factually, you can see beyond the horizon uh, or what the horizon would be if you were on the flatlands or in the valley. In the valley, you might not even see out of the canyon walls, uh, but on the top of the mountain, you can see what's beyond. And I think that's really, you know, it's a very strong, very physical metaphor that even if you, you know, don't really have comfort with some of the God language, um, just actually and factually climbing to the mountain you can see uh, trouble further away um, you can see maybe a solution that's not apparent when you're mired in the thickness of the lowness of it uh, so it's a really good reminder that there's more light and there's a better view a higher view uh, you can see around more and you can see further again beyond this horizon because if we get walled in by you know, these problems and the heap upon us, uh, especially when we don't seem to have the personal power uh, to be able to fix on our own. Uh, so this mountaintop, it's really a, really a great thing. And um, you could even, you know, I'll just pass it off to you with leaving it with this, that uh, in alchemy, 
you know, we talk about changing the lead to the gold, uh, that this is a consciousness thing, our lead and dark thoughts to the golden thoughts. This would be the, the gold would be the mountaintop of the, of, in alchemy, uh, to kind of mix these metaphors. And then the lead would be more of the valley or in this shadow of these um, abominations. There you go, great point. So there you go, you go up to the mountain, flee to the mountain. You know, and actually that could even mean, uh, you know, if you are feeling uh, hemmed in and you're feeling, you know, overwhelmed by negativity or something, maybe go find a nice view. There's obviously, if you're in the Los Angeles area, there's plenty of beautiful views to go look at or, you know, wherever you are, you can find some sort of place that's somewhat holy to you that gives you a more perspective, a vista maybe out onto the ocean or something like this. That might be a physical thing that you could do. And then, of course, go to this higher place within yourself, flee to the mountains, the top within yourself. And, you know, remove that abomination of desolation of negative thinking that you're putting into the Holy of Holies within yourself. So we hope everyone is doing well. We're praying for everybody. And we're speaking a word of peace and prosperity and health and light and freedom from addiction for everyone. And thank you for showing up each week with us and supporting us. Um, do you have anything else to add, Chris? Um, well, I mean, we could go on. I mean, this is how, you know, interesting. And I, I would mention, you know, some of the things currently, mm -hmm. uh, this is summer of 2020 in case someone's listening to this in the future, uh, <laughs> that there are uh, many social and biological perhaps um, issues that are very, very overwhelming um, in the world around us and we can be bombarded with images and fears of uh, conflicts or a uh, you know, microbe or whatever seems to be you know, pressing in on us. These are huge issues. They are you know, historically long-standing um, problems, social problems perhaps, and it's so overwhelming. And we get a lot of negative imagery and um, you know, fear and you know, angry, uh, induce anger-inducing, um, provocative uh, images and videos, and uh, but this fleeing to the mountain really works as well when you're dealing with these things that you really can't do anything with, and they really kind of aren't inside you. Although, as a metaphysician, you know, we would say that if it's out in the world, it's also in you too. It's part of our collective. Uh, but in this case, running to the mountain. Um, would be to think of all the positive things um, that have happened in medicine or in social relations or civil rights over time uh, and across, um, you know, that there's for every negative thing that we see, there's probably a hundred positive things that we don't see, you know, that there are happy endings, that there are improvements, there are uh, great um, justices being done. Uh, when these very narrow images can make us think of injustices. So it's getting the larger view, the bigger view, saying, yes, this may be a you know, very difficult problem, but if you look at it historically or just spread out more over more people, we can say, well, this isn't really the case all the time. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, that that mountain metaphor is a good point. It, you know, take take that, try to take in a wider view and try to make sure you're, you know, you're looking at the big the big picture of things, right? I think that helps us 
see things more more uh more accurately sometimes we can focus on simply the negative things that we see in the media and so on and that can be very discouraging good point thank you man all right well we're going to wrap this up thank you again for joining us we're here each friday uh, for emmett fox friday uh, and of course we have our sunday show as well thank you chris i appreciate your help with this stuff thank you um, you can check us out at anchor.fm slash cosmic eye or at chrissheridan.com or at cosmic We appreciate your support. Have a great weekend. Goodbye and God bless.